In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, happy anniversary, honey. Thanks. You're welcome. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. You desire your humble servant, the cute diggity dog, in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie Moran. And as you heard before, this is our 23rd year of being married. Happy anniversary. Thank you. Yeah, I'm excited to do this show. I'm excited to podcast because I love podcasting and speaking, as you know. But I'm also excited to celebrate us. We went off the rails this year, kind of, with uh, our gift giving. So we can talk a little bit about that. What do you do for your anniversary? I would love to know. Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. Q-U-I-N-C-Y. Quincy at MVSMpodcast.com. Well, with that being said... 23 years ago, on this day, it was a Saturday in Palmdale, California, when a gal and a guy said their I do's and got married. So, honey, I want to know from you, how did it start? You know, that you see those pictures or those memes or whatever, um, like on Instagram or Facebook, and it's like how it started, how it's going. Mm-hmm. How did it start for you? Um, meaning like when did we meet or what? Yeah, just the whole, the whole thing. Um, how did it, how did it start for you? I was reminiscing with the girls yesterday, just talking about, uh, some things early on in our relationship and it really brought me back to a very nostalgic place and I'll share that, but meeting me, your first thoughts when I walked in the room with the lease on my back. <laughs> well... Um, I thought it was funny, actually. I thought it was cute because you were nervous enough you had to meet me with a kid on your back. So You picked up on that that quick? Um, well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, very few people would come in and introduce themselves to you and shake your hand with a child screaming and squealing and strapped to their back. She, I think you were tickling her as she yeah. was on your back. That was just a piggyback <laughs> ride. There's nothing more. I was giving everybody piggyback rides. Oh, that was the first impression. I mean, you were playing with the kids, which that was a big deal to me. So you weren't like this dope who was just sitting on the couch and letting other people deal with them. Which there Although wasn't. there was a few extra people in the room. That was yeah. kind of off-putting. Yeah, because you're like, why am I, why am I even here? Mm-hmm. So we sat down. We talked that night. And uh, any recollection of what your first thoughts were as this thing began to develop? Um, I don't know. When we first started talking, I just, we had a lot in common. We had a lot of similar goals. Um, you know, we, we both had the same reactions to some of the shenanigans that were going on with the kids. <laughs> so yeah. It was definitely a unique evening. 
Um, not not first date normalcy, I would say. It wasn't supposed to be a date. You were you were getting set up, but you didn't know it. No, I was dating somebody else at the time. You were on a break. True. As of that very night, as we discovered in this during this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, one episode, he actually. He went Ross Geller on it. <laughs> he needed a break. Yeah. I said, okay, do your thing. Um, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't really looking, but I wasn't real happy with what I had going on either. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's crazy how that kind of unfolded um, between the both of us. I mean, we were from two different worlds, if you will. And uh, I was a country boy from Alabama, and uh, you were, I'd say, a city girl. You're a California girl. And I'd been in back, back and forth, you know, from California for years. Had spent time growing up right there in Lancaster. But um, I was fresh out of Alabama at that point, out of my freshman year of college, and Oddly you enough, still had your accent. I did. And oddly enough, um, took your position at the job I started. Didn't know you. You didn't know me. You called. Okay, so if you back that up, that was actually the first time mm-hmm. we had any kind of, um, what's the word, interaction with each other. And that was different because I was trying to figure out who the hell did they hire and what is that accent? Yeah. Because it didn't make any sense to me. And uh, come to find out, you were replacing me because I was calling in all my sick days before I left. Yeah. I was going to make sure to get my money before I left. Yeah. It's a, and that's a trip is that, you know, you called out sick for your last day. It was my first day. I took your call and uh, gave Jim the news. But that was the first time that we had ever spoken. And I had no idea who you were. And, you know, then... The way you were introduced to me was on a three by five card. And we're just reminiscing here. I'm just enjoying the moment to reminisce. And on that card, your schedule was like school, prayer, family, Bible study. And I'm like, this chick is hot on paper. (laughs) I just remember that blue card that you had written, uh, gave to Manny, and it was like, I don't I don't know what this girl looks like, but on paper she is hot. I had no idea what I was in store Who for. Who knew Bible study and prayer was the way to get your attention? Well, I mean <laughs> well, one of the most important pillars of my life. Man, these these pina colada icebreakers are really getting me sauced up. There's an overproduction of saliva <laughs> in my mouth right now. This is crazy. Try to get through it and not be crazy on the mic. Anyway, so we started talking that night, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit um, over the years, especially since you got into hockey or whatever. But uh, that night, the things that we had in common were pretty incredible because we both, I think you were at the time, were like a 49ers fan or something like that Uh for NFL football. I don't think you really cared much about college football, but obviously, you know, it's like, oh, I like football. Oh, I I do too. Oh, I like the movies. I like the movies. There's, I love music. Oh, I love music too. I love God. I love God too. 
and I'm making you laugh, you know, the whole time. I got this these big chubby cheeks with dimples in them, southern accent, and uh, the connect the connection was just so instantaneous. I, it's hard for me to describe it. Obviously, it meant something mm. because from that point forward, it was like we were two peas in a pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's noted all throughout this the history on this podcast that you asked me for my number. I didn't ask you for your number because I thought you were seeing somebody. Didn't come out until later that you were on a break. And then thinking back, you know, we were having this discussion. Thinking back, it's like, okay, well, all that time we spent at Magic Mountain that you were helping me just in case we ran across this girl that I had gone on mm-hmm. some dates with. There was nothing wrong with that because you were on a break. I'd never had anything wrong with it anyway. I, I've always been an affectionate person growing up. That kind of shifted over the years um, just from crap that happened. But when I was in high school, I even if I was with somebody, if I was hanging out with a group of friends – the guys and I were always hanging on each other and had, you know, their arm on my shoulder or something. It never bothered anybody. It was normal to me. The only time I think it ever, when you and I were um, trying to keep this chick away from you, the only time that ever got kind of like gray area was when one of the girls questioned me and thought that I was leading you on or doing things that were inappropriate. And it was like, A, butt the out and B, not your issue. What happens between you and me is between you and me, and it's always been that way. So it was uh, it was interesting. But we were, again, we were young, and these were teenage kids, so, you know. Yeah, we the were. The views are very different back then. We were teenagers ourselves, you mm-hmm. know, late teens, um, 19, going into the into 20-year-olds. The and um, just the amount of time that we spent together was crazy. Um, there was never not anything to talk about. So wild. Just, we were constantly communicating. You would stay at my apartment until like midnight, drive to your house, and then call me on the phone. Mm -hmm. And we'd stay on the phone until five in the morning. I got some good sleep during those conversations, (laughs) which you knew. But we were inseparable. And, um... I think there was a time in our marriage where um, we weren't because life was getting the better of us. And I believe we've brought it around kind of full circle. And, you know, through the process of restoring or reconciling, I should say, our relationship and figuring out that we're in this thing together, um, we're back to that part. I mean, I'm traveling for work now, but we're we're back to that close-knit, inseparable type relationship that we had before. And we found new things to connect on. Some of them are sports. But uh, how do you... What were, what were your thoughts, if you can even go back to that, on what this marriage thing was going to be? And what is it now? I realize I'm opening myself up to, you know... Maybe some negatives if, you know, if you present Um, them. But what did you think and what do you think now? I don't know. When we first 
talked about getting married and, and my thoughts on what that looked like. I mean, originally I wanted to get married and get out of California and I was all about moving to Alabama. I wanted to, um, I'd always wanted to be in the South. So it was like kismet for me as far as that stuff was concerned until we got to the point of, okay, now we need to seriously start looking at this. Jeannie's not leaving California. There's just for multiple reasons, but I think the the biggest part was it really just wasn't our time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was concerned. There were a lot of things that you grew up with, a lot of expectations I think that you grew up with. And um, I was nervous I wasn't going to be able to fit the bill. You know, you're... Your religious background back then was very different, and your understanding, at least my interpretation of what you understood a wife was supposed to be, was very different. And um, I, I never, I, I mean, never communicated those things to you. But you, no. But I met your dad, and I met your stepmom, and when we were first dating, and after they left. Because I met your dad wearing a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt. Because I was just getting off of work and I was painting houses at the time. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't really put any thought into it until after they left. And then there was the conversation with the group of friends. I can't believe you met his dad and you weren't wearing a dress. I Yeah, I had no clue any of that stuff was even an issue until later when you and I finally started talking about, you know, the the girl you dated and the issue at church and whatnot. But I was just like, I don't, um, I don't dress like that all the time. I mean, dresses were, if I felt pretty that day or if I had a special occasion, I'd wear a dress. But most of the time. Oh, I know for a fact when you wore dresses without a doubt no, you're thinking of the brown one. Yes, I am. And you had a mission. I won, didn't I? You did. Okay, well then shut up. It had a, it had a purpose. Mission accomplished. It was not an everyday occurrence. Right. Um, but those kind of things worried me. You know, they didn't like tattoos. I already had a couple at the time. Mm-hmm. And I had plans for many, many more. Um, or no, I just... It was very different in the beginning because I thought for sure I'm not going to fit this. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to fit this bill. But then um, going into our marriage, I think we just brought a lot of what we were raised with into the beginning instead of taking a step back and saying, but what does this look like for us? And yeah. we, we kind of used what we had seen or what we had learned and I think that kind of started causing some separation issues with us. But um, once the kids started showing up and life started kicking us several times over, um, we lost a lot of our communication. We lost a lot of our connection. Um, but we struggled to remember why we got married in the first place. Yeah. I, know. I, th- I wonder now, like, young people in one sense have to be smarter at least I assume that. Not in every way, because I see some of the things going on in this world, and I'm like, oh, man, you guys are screwed up. But with that being said, I think 
part of our philosophy was those things will just work themselves out. Because we got into detail about some stuff when we were going through that pre-marriage class. But then there were other things where it's like, you just, you're blind with love and the thoughts of your relationship. And the one thing that nearly caused us not to get married was on my side. But I just figured before we had that discussion and it, and it got really, really intense and serious, I just figured we'll figure that crap out later. You know, we love each other. And that's a real teenage, young, you know, young person thing to do. And I'm sure many relationships go that way. But I wonder what the young folks do now or even the, the folks that waited, you know, till they're like 30 to get married or people who are on their second chance relationships. I wonder if they go in kind of discussing those details to say, well, what do you think about this or how are we going to do this, well, et cetera? I think the the big, the reason that was such a game changer for us prior to getting married was because we weren't talking about it. And my concerns were, you're going to change me. We're not discussing it now, but this was a huge important to you, you know, because it's what you grew up with. And this is where we're going to be at some point living. At that time, that was the thought process. And it's like, hold on, I'm not. I'm not getting into this and then having somebody put their foot down and say, you got to change because that's, that's not how I'm wired. And it's funny because I didn't, I never had thoughts of, I didn't want to change you. But it was a hang up because it was one of those things where you were like, well, when we go to church or whatever, this is what's expected. I just, I could not accept that I have to be a certain way to be accepted somewhere. It just, it doesn't, it never fit me. Well, my recollection is not, I didn't really have the tension there. The tension was what will we teach our kids? Mm -hmm. And I remember saying, you know, what started this whole conversation from the car and then into your room, we're both sitting there and talking and it's like, oh my gosh, this might be the end. This is, I was so like concrete on, I have to leave this relationship because it's like, well, what do we teach our kids? Which is, which can be difficult mm -hmm. because we were both in the Christian faith, but had such a, a different understanding at the time. And it was like, I mean, I, I was just like moments away from getting up and walking away from the whole thing. And I'm so glad I didn't. But I remember saying in the car, it's like, well, if when we have kids, if we have daughters, what are we going to teach them? Lo and behold, we had seven girls. Um, <laughs> I think it was a really kind of a comedic message, in a sense, from God to me, um, saying, well, here is what you'll teach them. But that was the thing. I did not, I I didn't want to change you. I did not want, I the way I looked at you, as immaculate, as mesmerizing, I take immaculate away and I plug in mesmerizing, as your beauty your body, you as a whole, are and were, um, that wasn't the most beautiful thing about you to me. The most beautiful thing about you was that rebel spirit you had, and I didn't want to change that. You were everything I wanted to be, but I couldn't. I couldn't be that. And I'm like, man, I have to. 
I have to have this woman in my life. And plus, we were so, so connected. I think we were looking for somebody to fall head over heels with. I don't know. I just know we fell fast. We didn't share a kiss um, for quite a while. Mm-hmm. You know, we we worked like I wrote in your card. It's like our friendship was a big deal to me. And even now, when I get so pissed at you sometimes for the dumbest things, I never want to forget how valuable our friendship is because this whole relationship was built on that. Mm-hmm. It was built on friendship. And, you know, obviously we do things that friends don't normally do. I mean, you know, just regular friends, but we have benefits. We do. <laughs> we do have friends with benefits or we're each other's friends with benefits, but that's something that was like I it never crossed my mind to want to change you. If we were going to go to my dad's church, which I wasn't necessarily planning on going, you know, to his church or to that church when I moved back there. Um but there were other churches around that were cool with women wearing pants. And, you know, pretty much I was cool with it, too, except for my hang-up. Well, that it wasn't just the pants thing, though. There there were a lot of rules and, and difference in belief with the roles and um, what was expected of women. Now, it's, it's I can't say it's all the same now because this is 23 years ago. But at the time... In my head, I'm thinking to not be allowed to speak my mind or call somebody on their bullshit, that does not work for me. Where is that a rule? Well, it was just in the behaviors that I was around. You tell me you don't think Gigi speaks her mind to my dad? Oh, I know Gigi speaks it to your dad, but she wouldn't dare open her mouth in the church at that time to say something openly. She would say it to your dad. No, yes, she did, and... She was a. That's the funny thing about Gigi. I I called her Sister Rondell forever because mm-hmm. she was a part of the church. But what's what occurs to me in this moment is I looked at her like I looked at you for my dad's sake mm-hmm. because he and I are very very similar. But that wasn't. She was a she she is and was. A rebel in her own way. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her like, she's great for my dad. Because my dad is so... Rigid. Co- concrete. <laughs> yeah. So very concrete. And I even look at Josh and Melly and go, Melly is so good for Josh. Mm-hmm. Because he's so... There's a pattern here with us Moran mm-hmm. men. But we're good. We, we do have our benefits. Um, But it's funny because I didn't put those things together. But I did not want... To change you, I liked, you know, and and really, I never, I didn't, I was never really interested in blondes either. I was a a brunette guy, and so now I'm dating this blonde-haired girl, blue eyes, just as fine as fine can be, um, and there was, I didn't, I it did not, it didn't, it was nothing in me that wanted to change who you were. That's why I wanted to be with you. But see, that's where the conflict was. Because if we didn't change me, what were we going to teach our daughters? Because they, that that was what led to the argument was you loved me the way that I was. Mm-hmm. But you still wanted to bring up our daughters with this 
I'll call it, I'll call it archaic because for me it's it's yeah it's a it the, it's a theology deal. So how am I supposed to teach my girls that when I myself don't follow it? Yeah, and that was that was the conflict. Was no matter how you looked at it from my side of the coin, I was going to have to shift something to fit this theology so that we could raise our girls that way. But that wasn't who I was, nor was it who I wanted to become. And so it it was a conflict. But when it came down to the actual resolve of the situation, it's like, all right, so I go to heaven, you meet me at the gates, and you're God, and I'm wearing jeans. Are you going to tell me no? Right. And Quincy's whole demeanor just went, what? It wasn't wasn't that that shook me to the core. It wasn't that. It It was this sentence that I won't forget. I couldn't imagine myself being an abomination to God. Mm. I mean, that's just painful. Mm-hmm. It's deep. It's rich. And, 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 and that shook me. And the whole scripture situation was Deuteronomy 22.5. If a woman puts on what pertains to a man, she's an abomination to God. Not having an understanding of that scripture that I do now, that it had nothing to do with pants. Nope. It had everything to do with, like... The role of a man. Not... No, it was more of a... In ancient Eastern culture, the the, the a masculine garment. hmm So, I didn't know that. I mean, I just took it for what it was. Like I say, we Morans are concrete. And they... And, and the Church of God judges it accordingly, and they think it's pants. And it's like, this... This religion is Eastern. It's not Western. You're Western. Anyway, I can't even get into that part. <laughs> but that that was the part that shook me to the core. And I, like I say, that's one of those things that way back then I said, well, I'm sure this will be an issue, but I, we'll figure it out. And I, we just kept going on. And then the discussion came up with you and I that, oh, they were saying this at church. And then it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I just figure this is what we're going to teach our kids. And you're like, no, I'm not down with that. And I'm like, well, I am down with that. And you're like, no. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, we got to figure this out. And and we almost didn't have a relationship over it. And, you know, God forbid, you know, that this relationship didn't happen. And these beautiful children weren't a part of the world because of that situation. And so, no, I, I just figured, and I kind of saying that, I just figured we would just figure those things out later. Just like sitting in front of that pastor and he goes, you believed her when she said she was going to leave. She was born in California, grew up here. Her parents are here. Her family's here. And you believe that she was going to leave after she gets married and leave her mother, her family structure, and uh, move to Alabama? And he's like, are you stupid? I'm like, no, I'm not stupid, you dope. In my head, I'm thinking... What an idiotic thing to say. I trusted the woman I married, you freaking buffoon. The, I, I would say that now. I didn't say it then mm-hmm. and couldn't say it then. And it's like, if I'm stupid, I'm stupid. But I'm so concrete that if I tell you, if I tell you that I'm going to do this, well, I just said what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm going to do. And I didn't. 
I was just too naive and thick-headed and young to realize that's what was going to happen. I didn't, I didn't have perspective that I have now, but time and experience are really, you well, have to have we those. Have, now we have a set track, track record of things that Jeannie says that probably aren't going to come to fruition because I also said I will never move to Texas. We are currently in and the Moran Family Studios in, in Texas. Texas. <laughs> and, you I'm, know. and I'm happy. I love it. Yeah, and it's it's funny because, uh, you know, Shane was like, he tells the story all the time. He's up working on his own, not having to worry about anybody, working for Martin Outdoor, putting up signs. He's like, I'll do anything you want, Lord, but work with people. And he became a sales guy, and now he's a real estate agent. He just does nothing but work with people. And uh, it's so it's interesting, but it started off so innocent and exciting and fun, invigorating, and something that was like you just look forward to the interaction every day. And then our life kind of take a, took a turn, and you know, and it and things got hard. And there's plenty of podcasts you can go through from the beginning until now when Jeannie and I have talked about our journey. But from my standpoint, there's nobody, there is nobody in the world I'd rather spend time with than you. And I love spending time with you, even if it's sitting in a couple of chairs and just sitting together and watching TV or having dinner um, or just being together. Mm -hmm. I absolutely adore you. And for you listeners, when I say stuff, I say it with 100% meaning. It's not just I don't use words lightly. I probably should more often, but I don't. Um, And now... As we like, we've made this move. We're, I think, we're really starting to complement each other more and more. We still have our struggles with time and with confidence and um, communication, etc. But I, I've told the girls this before. I've told you. It's like you know, I, I couldn't imagine loving somebody this much with as much as I loved you in the beginning. And for our relationship, it's not it's not like, you know, a lot of the other relationships that, that we know. There are some husbands and wives that kind of have their own life. They just kind of meet in the middle. Mm-hmm. For us, we're very interdependent and connected with each other because we have truly become one. Um, and we're finding new ways to complement each other. And I, there's nobody you do not have, no matter how many books you write, you know, if you go make some master EP album and sing songs, you will never, ever on this earth have a bigger fan than me. I don't want you to know that. Oh, I believe you. Thank you. Because <laughs> I love you a ton. I know you do. I love you too. Thank you, baby. Well, that is it. Now, really quickly, what's one or two pieces of advice that you would give maybe a guy who's getting ready to get married about his wife. I know it's putting you on the spot. I told you I would. Um, I guess the biggest thing that, that helped us was make sure your expectations are on the table walking into this thing. You know, we, we hadn't discussed our kids. We hadn't discussed, um, you know, what I expected of you or what you expected of me. We just, Thought we were happy, we're in love, we're going to walk down the aisle, say I do, and we'll figure our crap out along the way. Um, that 
led to a very rough beginning because we mm-hmm. didn't know how to communicate. We didn't know, you know, what my role was or what your role was. We knew the roles that we were brought up under and what those looked like. And we weren't real content with either one of those either. So we were just kind of fumbling along until we figured it out. And it took us several years to figure things out. Um, I would lay out your expectations. You know, if, if when, when we started talking, I wanted to be an at-home mom. But I had no clue what that looked like. Mm-hmm. I knew it meant taking care of babies at home. I could do that. No problem. But I didn't realize that on the flip side, your expectation was I'm basically home management. I, I take care of everything at home while you take care of everything outside the home. And, um, you know, we, we didn't have a strong understanding of my strengths and weaknesses versus your strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. I suck at money. We found that out the hard way. And it, it's not because I don't know how to do math. It's because my priorities are different. I can very easily, but I learned this growing up, I could very easily shuffle bills and take care of the momentary need of groceries or, you know, a kid needing something versus, you know, mortgage. Mortgage has a, a late payment extension part. We could play with that. Yeah, that's not a good idea. <laughs> so um, that led to a lot of, of hardship with us because he thought I had a good handle on things. I thought I was doing what I was supposed to be doing, mm-hmm. and it dug us a hole. Um, so the expectations need to be out there. Are you working those things together? Are you working those things separate? Um, the other one would be on her end. I would say know exactly what you want and what you need and verbalize it. Before you sign the contract, you need to know what it is you're agreeing to because um, we had no idea. We didn't know what insecurities we were walking in with. We didn't boast about, you know, when you're dating, you don't exactly come out and say, here's my laundry list of crap. And I'm bringing it with me. You put your best foot forward at all times because this is the person that, you know, you want to be with and you want to impress. And then as marriage goes along and these things come up, it's like, oh, crap. Why did we never see this before? Why did we never discuss this before? Well, that's what those pre-married classes were for. If you skipped over them, you might want to sit down and have a chat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we went through a pre-marriage class. We, went, we graduated through the end, but still... Something. We laughed at half the crap that they were talking about too, because it was like, who, uh, who talks about this stuff before you get married? Yeah, yeah. And so that, when it comes to me, if I'm, you know, giving advice to a, a new couple or to a couple getting ready to get married, I think you want to. Ha- and, and it's not like laying out expectations sounds so formal and saying this is what I expect of you. And it's really more of a conversation directed around. Here's here are my needs Mm -hmm. and if you take a if you take a look at what destroys a relationship it's time it's money it's sex so what are your expectations around those things and really discuss them well and truthfully if you've been dating for a while these things should already be coming up in conversation you should already kind of be talking about what you need from each other all you're doing is making sure that you have a clear understanding going into marriage because marriage is not just 
dating this person for the rest of your life. This is a vow that you make, a promise that you make. And it's for Quincy and I, this is a covenant made, a -hmm. decision made that is supposed to be unbreakable. Well, we talked about a lot of those things, but for me, maybe they just didn't sink in or I wasn't paying attention. I mean, I just know, you know, you think, hey, we're going to get married and things are, they're just, they're perfect. They're going to work out. We also had a lot of outside influence and that's, that's what I think messed us up is we took multiple outside influences and we adapted to what worked for them versus figuring out what works for us. Yeah. And that's what I would say. Limit really truly limit your sphere of influence when it comes to your relationship. Jeannie and I did what we saw and nobody's marriage is perfect, but there were some things that just weren't healthy. And then we took advice from good friends who we didn't know on the outside, their relationship looked extremely healthy, but it wasn't healthy. Mm -mm. So be careful who you talk to about your frustrations with your spouse. Very, very limited. And I'm not one to go run my wife down. I'm just not going to do it. And if a guy's running his wife down to me, I start asking him questions about his responsibility. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's like there's actual problems. And you have to deal with them. But I'm 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 a believer in self-reflection first. And what role do you play in this responsibility? Um, and I just start there. And sometimes I overdo it, but I start there. So I would say it's very important, you know, just those little pieces of advice. And if you have questions or you want to share your story or whatever, you send those questions to the email address, Quincy at mvsmpodcast.com. We'll keep you anonymous if you like, and then we'll talk about those particular topics for newlyweds, or if you're like us, you got into your relationship. And what happened to us, I think, is is not like a mainstream thing. The things that happened in our relationship, you know, the sexual abuse by babysitters, the um, intensive care with the kids, the seizures, the all those things are not typical for many relationships, having the multiples, et cetera. That's just where we are and we speak about our experience. So maybe your marriage went a lot smooth for the first, uh, a lot smoother than ours did for the first 20 years. So how can you go deeper on your connection? But again, that is, uh, that's all for this episode. Thanks for celebrating with us. We hope you have a fantastic day. Hopefully you've heard something in here that will cause you to go back and interact with your spouse and talk about where your relationship started and find out how it's going and how you can make it better. All right. She is Jeannie Moran. Got anything else? Nope. I'm Quincy Moran, and this is Man vs. Marriage.